Turn it up. You're listening to Live and Loud with the Lord. Nelson, that is. Are you ready to dance? 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 Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, once again, you know who it is. It's the big guy with the big show. Yes, indeed. The Lord. Nelson, that is from the podcast Live and Loud with the Lord on the CMS Network with Five Royals Entertainment. And ladies and gentlemen, I have a special guest. You, you, you can't look, look he's getting ready. You can't see him yet because it's on me right now because I'm talking. But when he's talking, he's gonna go straight to him so you can see all of his glory and and uh amazingness. Is that a word? Amazingness, just whatever. It's gonna be a beautiful thing, man, because it's my guy, it's this dude. So if he doesn't mind, I'd like to read off a little something about him. Uh, you know, as I see, you know, I always got to big up my guests, man. So I will go into it. You know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this young man is music. He is the talented beyond words individual that when it comes to playing music as well as producing music, he is that guy. When you come across a talent like his, you truly go all in. He's super knowledgeable and blessed with the wisdom far beyond his years that allows him to work with the younger as well as more seasoned musicians and artists. Ladies and gentlemen, I am blessed and honored to have for your listening and viewing pleasure, <laughs> that dude, that guy, that producer, that music musician, woo, Mr. Mitchell Draft, a.k.a. Schizo of Screen Team Productions, yeah. Thank you, thank you so much. I am honored. Welcome, I am. I am beyond all my my brother. You know, you know. I know we got the glasses on, man. You know, I'm getting older, man. The, you know, I, it's beyond being cool anymore. I mean, I'm already, you know, that guy. So right. you know, <laughs> right, right. I still gotta wear, you know, gotta wear the glasses, rock. So, the, so the first question, young man, is where are you from? I was born in New York, and I was raised in South Carolina. So, you know, I'm a. First of all, before we go in, I want to tell you, thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you for having me a part of your life, not even just as a, you know, on the podcast, but as a colleague and as a friend uh, as and as a father, I look up to you. You're a mentor to me, you know, and I appreciate you for having me on your platform. I really do. You know, before we even get into any of that, I do want to just tell you that I appreciate you. You know what I mean? So, ladies, and, ladies and gentlemen, look, trying to get at me to get me, you know, <laughs> get me no. emotion, emotional <laughs> on my own show, ladies and gentlemen, just do no. right here, man. Hey, hey man, man. It's, it's, it just has to be done, man. Hey, you know man. what I mean? Well, well thank you, man. You, you, listen, I appreciate you more than words could ever say, man. I appreciate you, man. <laughs> appreciate yeah, man. I'm from, so I was born in New York. Well, I'm going to just give you a little backstory. I'm a little light-skinned, you know what I mean? Just a smidge, you know what I mean? Like, if you squint real hard, I get real dark, you know what I mean? But if you open up your eyes and you see some light on me, you know, I'm very light-skinned. So, you know, my family is divided into two halves, really. Like, you know, I'm I'm biracial, of course. So I was born in New York, and I was raised in South Carolina. And the New York side of my family, do you want to play the guessing game, or do you want me to just tell you? Because you already know, but... I already, I already know. Now, you just talk freely, man. All right, all right. So... Basically, the 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 white side of my family, because I'm going to give it to you later what they really are. But the white side of my family is they're Jewish. So I'm half Jewish and half black. So the Jewish side of my family is from New York. 
and the African-American side is from South Carolina. So I was born in New York. I was raised in New York up until the age of seven. I went to like elementary school in New York, and then we moved down when I was seven years old to South Carolina. And that was when I experienced the black side of my family, the African-American side of my family. Yeah. Come back to Jamaica, man. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So, so do you remember a lot about New York as, as a youngster? I mean, seven years old, I don't know how much you're going to remember. Yeah, but you know what's crazy? I, I, I remember the good parts. You know, okay. as a child, it was a melting pot. Mm-hmm. You know, think about think about the early 90s. Think about everybody coming together. Everybody, right. I just remember, like, you know, we're a big church-going family. So... Mm-hmm. My family's deep in the church, so everywhere I went, I was a part of someone's family. Whether right. you know, like you know how they say back in the day, like if you went down and made a mistake or did something, you would get beat by this person and beat by that person, and then you go down, and that was the the family communal vibe. Of course, it's not the abuse, but the the communal vibe mm-hmm. of living in a being in a family of a melting pot of all types of people, all types of ethnicities, you know, all types of just everything, you know, music, musical, um influences all kind of stuff you know because you can go down to chinatown you can go down to this place you can go to that place and you'll just be experiencing all types of different uh you know ethnicities and stuff like that and even cultures and food you know so that's what i remember early on you know as as it being in new york it kind of like opened up my horizon as Mm -hmm. to like how big the world is even though it's small right and it's it's not the whole world it's new york but it's like a small microcosm of the whole planet if that makes sense no doubt. Like I always tell people, New York is everything that you're, of your expectations and beyond that. You know, my first yeah. time going there, I was like looking around like, you know, they said it don't look like a tourist or whatever. But you're looking around like this is amazing. So, yeah, you know, yes, indeed. And I've got plenty of family up there also, man. So it's, it's love. So what was the best thing about being from South Carolina? So coming from New York and, and going to South Carolina was a huge culture shock for me. It was like being around a lot of different variations, being around a lot of different, like you said, like ethnicities and mm-hmm. and even being received from the Jewish side of our family and then coming down to South Carolina. And it's basically black and white, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's basically like going from this open racial like it wasn't really race. You know what I mean? Because it was right. so much diversity mm-hmm. to going to South to South Carolina where it was like black people over here and white people over there. Yeah. And. So for me, music was the way that I was always able to find community. You know, music is the universal language. So music was able to, for me, was able for me to fit in, if you will. You know what I mean? Without me having to be something that I'm not. I'm not a tough guy. I'm not like a gangster. I'm not, you know what I mean? And I'm definitely not, you know, anything else. So I needed to find my own voice. And music was my way to make friends. And even some of the friends that I had made in music, in high school, I'm still friends with now. Right. That's how powerful music is. That's what music did for me. It it allowed me to find a community when, you know, otherwise I, I may have been I may have been lost. You know what I mean? Gotcha, gotcha. Look at this young man speaking. He he's already getting into things and and you know questions I'm gonna ask him, but I love when it flows so beautifully. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing, man. So, so so you have a love and passion for music as you so eloquently were just speaking about, you know, that second to none. How early in life did music call your name? Music, I think, I think it's not just music, right? So for me, it's it's more so like my imagination. Mm. And my imagination, the my imagination just had happened to be uh placed inside of music. So I remember my first, very first memory sitting, 
you know, Indian style in front of the cartoon, you know, like in front of the TV, watching cartoons. Right. You know what I mean? And seeing Bugs Bunny, you know, and, and Daffy Duck. And you could, <laughs> and they, there weren't any words. It was just picture and sound. Right. And so, like, having that, like, wash over me as a child with my imagination, it was just like, like, this is, like, it was like, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. And and I've always wanted to do movies. And that's honestly where, you know, trying to go in a little bit farther in, in, in the story of my life. But that's where I want to go because it, it it taps into my childhood. You right. know what I mean? Like seeing that, seeing the animation and seeing the, the picture and then like seeing someone like move over to the left and you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like right. how they were able to put all those sounds together to to match all the different, you know, movements in the film. I mean, it's still to, to my still to this day. I'm I'm still fascinated by it. You know what I mean? It's it's mm-hmm. hard. It's hard for me to even like put it into words how deeply it touched me because even up until this point, I still visualize music in that way. So awesome. like early on, man, like as as early as I can get, man. I got I got I got pictures of me dressing up like in um like a shield. You know those those one dollar shields with the swords, <laughs> like the little plastic swords and all that. I used of to course. make like. Yeah, I used to like as a child, like as a kid, in my own imagination, like making up my own, like you know, uh, dress, like um, dressing up as like a like a Power Ranger, or you know what I mean, right? Like, like, and then like fighting, you know, fighting imaginary monsters that I created from, you know what I mean, by myself. So my imagination has always been there, and music was like one one avenue that drew to me earliest. If that makes sense. I got you. No, I understand you. Yeah, you know, I understand you very well. So do your parents or siblings have a love and passion for music like you or any of your extended family? So my my so and I was thinking about this earlier, man, like when I was a kid, my grandmother, she loves Frank Sinatra, my mm-hmm. grandmother on my Jewish side. Yeah. So she's like from the 40s. She's from she would like you would say a word and she would start singing. Right. Like like the word would trigger some type of memory inside of her. And then she would start singing and she had a beautiful vibrato. So she would like, as she's cleaning up, she would just start singing. Right. So that's the white side. That's the, that's the Jewish side of my family. Right. And then when I come down to to South Carolina, guess what? My grandmother from South Carolina is doing the same thing. Same thing. So it's, so it's crazy. Like how it connects in that way, even though they've never, they didn't grow up with each other. They're singing in the house almost the same way. They're just different songs. So my grandmother, she loved jazz. My my grandmother down south, she loved gospel. She mm-hmm. loved, you know, hymns, you know, and and even what we would call Negro spirituals. Right. We call them spirituals, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. she would sing them throughout the house. And so, you know, it started off with her. And then for, for me, my, my family, my cousins from down south, we all played in music. So they all played. We played in the church. So they played um, piano. My cousin played piano. My other cousin, he played drums. And then he taught me how to play drums. So I started playing drums in church very early. I started learning how to play trombone, which is my main instrument. I started playing trombone because my other cousin played trombone. And I used to get bullied by them because I was light-skinned and I was little. And, you know, I was like, you know what I mean? I wasn't a tough guy. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to even the score. So I started playing instruments and I even the score. And they stopped bullying me. So it was cool. Uh, <laughs> awesome. You so made you your you made your way, man. Yeah. yeah, you don't you ain't gotta beat them with your hands. You gotta just beat them right. with your mind. Beat them, beat them with like, you know, your superior intellect. Beat them with your love for your your music. You ain't gotta beat somebody up with your hands. Beat them with the success. Right. Feel me? 
that, and that's what that's what it's been for me. You know, I'm filled with so much joy every day because I get to do this and still be successful. Indeed, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, tell us about your musical journey pertaining to education. All right, so I can remember, you know, coming from South from New York. I'm in South Carolina now. I'm in sixth grade. I go to Summit Parkway Middle School, which yeah. is literally down the street from here. Right. Um, under the under the band director, um, D- David Allison. If anybody knows David Allison from around here, he's a well noted. He's like first principal trumpet at um at USC. He's a fantastic trumpet player, and he taught me really how to play in the very beginning. And that's cru- super like super crucial when you're teaching a child how to play an instrument. From the very beginning, they have to learn proper technique because if they don't learn proper technique, they'll end up practicing it the wrong way. Right. So he taught me proper technique on my embouchure. He taught me on how to breathe, my aperture and all these different things. And that propelled me to get into high school where I started in the marching band. Mm. And so I was in the marching band at high school. I really love music, of course. I started playing in church a lot more. I was like, you know, and church was always like the 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 experimental ground. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They were able to, they were always, because like I said, we're church going people, they would let us play and they would let us jam out during church service right. and just have the, you know, the, the people in the church just <laughs> clapping and, and dancing and moving. So right. I was able to play trombone and start soloing like over the, the, the band while we were in church, which is all my family. Mm. So we were, we were able to, I was able to experiment on seeing how I could play something and see people's crowd reaction. Right. At like in seventh grade, you know what I mean, and and eighth grade, and in ninth grade. So I had already started to move into a professional world because I had mm-hmm. already started been playing like out loud in front of people very very early. Yeah, so being yeah. nervous in front of crowds, it doesn't. It's, I don't really get that nervous because I've been doing it for so long. It's like a second nature to me. You know what I mean? I got you. Indeed. I get excited by it. So <laughs> from that, from that on, right from from. Middle school to high school, high school, I'm playing in a swing band at Eau Claire High School, mm-hmm. the Gene Dykes Jazz Band. And, and a lot of people know that this band because it's like we, we, we always uh, we was always at Eau Claire High School practicing after school. Right. So I would go to school. I would be in marching band and then I would go and drive over to Eau Claire and play mm-hmm. all night. Yeah. And that was my first experience in being like a professional musician, like actually getting money doing this. And right. I was like. I can actually play my instrument and make money. Make money, right? And I'm around all of these older gentlemen. You know, like they're like three. At this point, I'm like 15, 16. Mm-hmm. We're the youngest people in the in the in the band. We're playing handwritten charts. You know, from uh. from Count Basie and 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 Duke Ellington and all these different charts that are like handwritten. And so we we looking at like real close to see the smudge and it, oh, it's a quarter <laughs> note or an eighth note because it's all smudged up. But we played it. Right. And they taught us how to swing. You know, they taught me how to swing at a very early age. So we were playing in this swing band. And that's when I really like fell in love, fell in love. Cause I was like, I can, I can actually get paid. Mm. So then once I did that, then I went to college. I marched in the marching band in college and I was in, you know, marching 101 South Carolina state, you know, all the clips from 2008 to 2015, I was in. You right. can go on YouTube and look at look at the clips, you know, trombone, SCSU trombones. You'll see us, you know. And there's a lot. There's a lot to that story. <laughs> and then I graduated with a music education degree. Right. So basically from the age of 12 all the way up until, you know, my up until right now, I've been doing music full time. 
Awesome, so that's man. my educational journey of music. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So how, how many different instruments do you play? So I play trombone. So if, if anybody want to get it, it's going to be on trombone. <laughs> but I also, <laughs> but I also, <laughs> but I also learned, I taught myself how to play sousaphone. Mm-hmm. So in, in high school, we didn't have any tuba player. So I just brought a tuba home and started teaching myself, you right. know? And, and so I learned, you know, I, I love, I love learning new instruments, man. It's like a, it's like a, you know, like reading a book to me, you know, like some people like to read books. Some people like to, you know, paint on their mm-hmm. off time. Right. I like to read. I like to learn new instruments. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got so, you. <laughs> trombone is it. And then I play sousaphone. And then, of course, baritone is in or euphonium is in that same world. And then <clears throat> now I'm learning how to play trumpet. And I play trumpet on a lot of my a lot of my tracks and the track that we did with Move. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So I play trumpet. I have a flugelhorn here. I'm learning how to play guitar and, you know, bass. I'm learning how to play bass. And I've taught myself how to play keys. So for me, like, you know, I didn't ever really have any formal instruction. Mm-hmm. So like even with Hans Zimmer, he talks about how he doesn't really know how to read music. It's just his imagination right. that he's tapped into. He says the computer is his, is his instrument. Mm-hmm. And that's how I view myself. The com- computer is really my instrument. My imagination is just where I like the, the 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 my imagination is the barrier between my ideas and the reality that we live in. I got you. Man. So my but goal is to try to get that to come in to reality. If, if that you, makes sense. You talked about a trombone. Now, I, listen, I know a young man who's a, a purist, man, Mister Morton. This guy, man, I told you about him before, man. You say you can get it with the trombone, man. I don't know. Now he's hey. he's he's a trombonist. That's what he does. He's probably better than me. For I sure. Didn't, I didn't I didn't say that. <laughs> he probably I, is. No, I'm just saying he, you know, he's got his masters in music also, whatever like that. But he's one of those guys too. You know, yeah. he's a jazz purist or whatever. He's a trombone guy. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You know what I you know what I've known? Like trombone, trombone players, we're the most humble, you know. Mm. Like we're 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 it's never really an ego thing with trombone players. That's why right. I said like he's probably better than me, because he probably is. Like it's it's not about competition with us. Yeah. You know, it might be like that for other people, but it's not like that for us. Like me and my friends, we all play trombone. All my friends are trombone players. And it's always like we big each other up. Like, yeah, you know, like do good. Like, oh yeah, like you win an award. Heck yeah. Like you won an award. If if my friend wins an award, I win an award. Yeah. You know, we win together. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how it's always been. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, when you think about trombone, I think about uh Bill Cosby's dad. In the Cosby Show, playing the the trombone in the band he was in. Now he wasn't really playing that trombone. You could tell. Right, right, right. But, but just, I just remember that scene, though. <laughs> that scene in there. So, so, Dad, I'm sorry. Oh, I was gonna say something about trombone. This is mm-hmm. something that I, I don't think people really know much about. But because trombone is a slide instrument, there yeah. is no place for the actual notes. Mm-hmm. So, so you have to know by ear where these notes stop and and start. We have what's called slide positions Mm -hmm. and those positions are relative areas where the note can be either a little slightly flat, slightly sharp or whatever. So you have to know your instrument and know exactly where that is. And then sometimes you have to adjust your embouchure to actually get the note right in the the center of like where it's supposed to be, if that makes sense. So trombone players have fantastic ears. Mm -hmm. And even up until this point, like I can hear something and know that it's flat or sharp. Just right. based on hearing it because of my experience with trombone. Got you. Got you. This dude right here. And ladies and gentlemen, he's using some of those big music words, embouchure and, 
and Horatio and <laughs> Sa- 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 or whatever it is, but you know. <laughs> Listen, my viewers and, and listeners, they know. They, they can understand it because we are clearly very intelligent. <laughs> yeah. I can uh, explain so, what those mean, no, too. No, no, that's all. That's all, all right. <laughs> you wrote it. <laughs> You're good. So, in college, how close to the movie Drumline was your experience? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's I a, that, go back. Yeah. I, that's yeah. a fair question. Uh-huh. That's a fair question. Okay. So think about think about drumline. Okay, I'll I'll say the, the similarities and the differences. So mm-hmm. the similarities is, you know, we had to wear white shirts. Mm-hmm. I actually crabbed the band. Right. You know, I actually did. And the crazy that you mentioned drum drumline because my band director at South Carolina State was actually in the movie. That's right. So the guy, the guy at the at the very beginning, his name is Spike Neely, and he used mm-hmm. to be a drummer for James Brown. He yeah. was our drill instructor. At the very beginning, the guy that's doing this, mm-hmm. if you go watch the movie, you'll see him. Yeah. I spent years and years with him, and he was like another another person changed my life. You know, the will, the will and the desire to be successful. And mm-hmm. my other band director, Mr. Eddie, El- Mr. Eddie Ellis, he's also in that movie. Right. So, you know. It was similar in, in that in that way, wearing the white T-shirt and having to work your way up. Mm-hmm. But it was different because, you know, we didn't have a tiered system. It wasn't like if you if you sounded bad, you would get placed at this or whatever. Okay. If you sounded bad, then you wouldn't get a scholarship. So mm. you may not be able to stay in school. Mm. So for me, I got a scholarship. You know, I got a scholarship to play. And when right. I did, my mom was in church, you know, screaming, you know, <laughs> right. thank you, thank you, God, thank you, God. <laughs> my son is going to college. Yeah. Because like I said, we don't, you know, my mom's a teacher. My dad works at the post office. He worked mm-hmm. at the post office. We don't really come from a lot of money. Right. So I had to get a scholarship to be able to get that on that next level. So for us, your scholarship will get pulled. And then if you're an out-of-state student, you might not be able to come to school next semester. Indeed. Indeed. That's real. And you know how it's they were real. The finances. They real. were there. They weren't playing with you there. You know? Nah. <laughs> and if you embarrassed the band, if you like if you got in trouble or something, see, they, they didn't talk about like the trips and and mm. all the kind of craziness that goes on when you put 400, 18, 19, 21 year olds right. all together. And we all that. pledging fraternities and we all a part of, you know, yeah. all types of stuff going on. Yeah. If you embarrass the band, your scholarship getting pulled and you're going, you know, there was a guy that passed away, you know, from hazing at mm-hmm. FAMU, you mm-hmm. know, and that kind of stuff, you will never depict that on the line, but it's just real when you're in that situation and the hazing and stuff like that, they don't, you know, that's unacceptable. You know what right. I mean? People have actually died. So it's, it's that serious, you know, in reality, you know what yeah, I mean? Indeed, man. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, indeed. So you are an amazing producer. What is it about producing? Producing that excites you, man. I I love a, I love to figure out the artist. I am mm. a I am an artist centered producer. We 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 at Scream Team Productions we are artist centered people. We mm. are artist centered company. Right. We want to create products, and it doesn't it has to be music. It can be content. It can be you know entertainment in general that right. suits the artist. That is the that is artist centered. If if you don't want to do a rock song, why would I give you a rock beat? Right, indeed. If if, if you don't have lyrics that are fitting an R and B song, why would I make why would I make that for you? Mm-hmm. So it's like coming to a, a tailor and having someone tailor a suit mm. that that fits you and you perfectly. 
So gotcha. that's what I love to do. I love to listen to the artists and have them talk to me. And as I'm listening, you know, I'm taking everything that they say in. I'm I'm analyzing their demeanor. I'm analyzing mm-hmm. their 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 marital status. I'm I'm analyzing their children, how their children react right. to their music. I'm I'm analyzing if they have children, are they in school? You know, mm-hmm. all these different things I'm thinking about as I'm trying to create the brand, which right. is that artist. Yeah, you're hands on, man. And, and I can tell you that I appreciate that, you know, when it comes to me. And so we'll, we'll get to that, too. But, uh, yeah, indeed, I love that. So when we speak about the great producers out there, did any of them inspire you? Man, you know, we got to start with Quincy. Mm-hmm. We got to start with Quincy, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and it's not just it's not just what he did with Michael because it's easy to just say what he did with Michael. It's oh. it's he was a, a student of Nadia Boulanger, mm-hmm. and people don't really know who Nadia Boulanger is, but Nadia Boulanger was the teacher that taught basically all of the the early twentieth century composers, Quincy being one of them. Yes, you know, so you know, as a student of Nadia Boulanger, you know, he learned you know composition. He learned like melody and counter melody in a, in a special way. And then was able to bring that into pop music, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then he did that with, with Michael, he did that with a lot of different artists, but Michael had just happened to be the biggest one at the time because, you know, Michael's coming from Motown at that time. Yes. So, you know, Motown, Barry Gordy, like I, I really appreciate what they did for our community because, you know, they, they, they basically gave me the the blueprint as to what I want to do with, with Scream Team Productions. Right. You know, to create the next Motown and using those Quincy Joneses that and the Barry Gordys and the Smokey Robinson mm-hmm. as like that, 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 that mainframe for us to be able to go into. Indeed. You know what I mean? Indeed. So Dr. Dre is one of my favorites, too, uh-huh. you know, because he's a he's a producer, mixing engineer. Mm-hmm. So he produces, he records and he also mixes it. So that's another thing that I do. You know, I don't want to go and, and give it to somebody else for them to may 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 or may not be able to get my vision right. for what the sound is. So let me record it. Let me produce it. Let me mix it and master it. So I'm in control of the whole, you know, from start to finish. Right. So Dr. Dre, Quincy, Kanye, you know, and I know people don't really like Kanye or whatever, but socially, that's one thing. But musically, when I was a kid, you know. I'm 15 years old. I'm 16 years old. And I hear stronger. Mm-hmm. It changed my life. It right. literally changed my life. And it changed. It was like one of those, like I said about me, like sitting, um, you know, uh, Indian style in front of the TV and like seeing the the picture and how the picture was speaking to me as a child. And it changed my life. Yes. Hearing that song in that period, stronger mixed by Manny Mariquin, one of my favorite, if not my favorite, mixing engineers of all time mm-hmm. and hearing how he was able to do the samples and in, interwoven with the, the melody and the lyrics and then the dynamics of the song. Right. It, 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 it touched me in a special way, man. It, mm-hmm. it gives me chills every time I talk about it because sometimes I have to go back and listen to that song for me to like, to get my why, you know, like, why am I really doing all this? What is this for? And it's like, Oh, that's why I got to listen to that song to get that. You know what I mean? Oh man! So Pharrell awesome. and yeah. and Jay Dilla are also mm-hmm. two of my like top five favorites of all time. You know, indeed, indeed, <laughs> like their names on the the heavy hitters most definitely, man. So, is there a difference between a producer and a beat maker to you? I think I think of I think of production as you like a a, a musical doula. You know, 
like uh, uh, you're, you're helping birth the song. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just putting putting loops together and sending it in an email. And then right. the artist has to go and, and, and make their own song that is that's outside of the production side. Right. You know, I think I think as a producer, you know, think of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Mm. They're not beat makers. They're producers. They're Indeed. sitting in the studio with Janet. They're figuring out the melodies. They're they're oh, let's let's change this keyboard part to fit what she's singing instead right. of sending the beat out and then say, oh, she likes this melody. Oh, she just has to slap the melody onto the 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 keyboard part that may or may not be clashing. Right. It's a certain thing. It's a spark in the moment that a producer knows, you know, when, okay, you know, this, we, we got something here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Quincy Jones, he, he says, you know, you have to leave a little bit of room, like a little bit of room for God in the room, mm. you know, so don't overproduce something, you know, and that's a production understanding of, you know, do we need to overproduce this? Do we need to scale it back a little bit to, to create some dynamic? Right. That's leaving God in the room. That's not a beat maker. It's a spiritual thing, in my opinion, of really being a producer and and understanding a person and getting to the root of that person in that moment. Because they mm-hmm. may or may not change like later on. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. you know, 10 years from now, you're not going to be the same person. I hope you're not. Nobody right. should. So in that moment, how do we capture that moment, who you are in that moment, and immortalize it in a special way? Indeed, man. Dope, dope. Great answer, man. Stu right here. But I tell you, man, his wisdom and knowledge, man, at such a young age is amazing, man. I love it. So, yo, my brother, what makes Scream Team Productions different from the rest? Scream Team Productions is an artist-centered, and I'm going to keep saying that, artist-centered company. It's not just music. It's my 25-year plan is to create the next Motown. And I want to build artists that are going to have sustainable careers in entertainment and that they are given the opportunity to be themselves, right? Mm. To be their authentic self, their most their most authentic version of themselves and to be able to create and be able to have the money to be able to create because it, it requires a lot of money to do this, right? to be honest. So I want to pair myself and partner with artists that want to be in the industry for 25 years or more mm. and have a vision for themselves and also to create content and to create music that is geared around what that person wants to be and and not try to put them in a box that that necessarily they don't want to be in, if that makes sense. Yeah, so yeah. it's artist centered, you know, and, and that's my that's my idea of what Scream Team Productions is. The, the screen part of Scream Team Productions is a, an exaggerative emotion. Mm. When you're screaming, it doesn't matter. You could be screaming in laughter. You could be screaming and crying. <laughs> you could be screaming when you stub your toe. It's an exaggerative emotion. So it's not just enough to just have, oh, that's a good song. No, we need to bring it to its most extreme mm. so that we can get the attention of the people and say, this is the new level of, of expression in whatever form we choose, whether it's art, dance, music, content, entertainment, production, podcasting. It's, the, it's extremely good. It's not just good. It's right. extremely good. We're screaming, you know, it, it's a scream team. And then the team aspect, you know, Bringing people together. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to hire people that look just like us right. and people that work with us that look just like us, that, that we can be creative together and work in harmony. Mm-hmm. I believe that we can, at this point, we can come together and work together and we can all be African-American people and doing it, you right. know, and doing it in a professional high level where, where people can actually respect what we do. You know what I mean? 
I, I hear you. 100%. And that's what Scream Team Productions is. That's what I want to do. I want to create the next Motown. Got you. Got you. Yes, I, I, I like that. I love that as a matter of fact. So so you were in California. Mm-hmm. What got you out to California, first of all, and then what brought you back to South Carolina? So when I when I so I was in school for seven years. I was in school, my undergrad for four years of it. I partied and did music all day, you know, and then <laughs> in, the, in the last <laughs> in the last three, I met my wife and she was like, oh, you know, you have to go to school. And I was like, school. What? Like, I'm not going to class. Like, what is class? I'm not going to class. What is that? And she was like, like, you know, you know, you need to go to class. My wife, she's a uh, she has she's an honors college. You know, she is two to two master's degrees. She's very, very, very smart. Way yeah. smarter than me, man. I mean, I mean, you know, I take no credit, you know. Right. And she was the one that would push me to like, hey, like, take your life serious. There's more to you than just music. Mm. And for that, I, I thank her so much, you know, for, for her seeing me as a human being for the first time, you know, right. where most people have seen me in a musical world and they say, you know, oh, he just does music. My wife, she, you know, she I could talk about my wife all day long, but yeah. she she saw me as a human being and I appreciate her for that. And so she's the reason why I went to California, because right. um, I got partnered with the Thurgood Marshall Institute. Mm-hmm. So the Thurgood Marshall Institute, it has. It has programs underneath it that partner with Wells Fargo, like Bank of America and all these different um, corporations to try to help African-Americans get into fields and stay in fields. Whether it's leadership, they have a leadership institute for for African-American leaders, future Mm -hmm. leaders. Mm -hmm. They have an institute, the one that I was a part of, called um, TQRP or the Teacher Quality and Retention Program. Right. And so this program was basically designed for people. African-Americans and even people of color in general mm-hmm. from HBCUs to get into education and stay in education for up to five years. Right. So they would help us pay for the, 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 the tests. Mm-hmm. The tests are very, very expensive. We're talking about $250 for a three part test right. that if you fail one, you won't be able to graduate. Wow. So they help you with, with money to try to get, you know, to pay for the test. Mm-hmm. They help like train us. So they were teaching us about like the early edu- educational technologies like Kahoot, like clickers and all the educators that they know what, what I'm talking about. Like right. the, the different educational games, like gamifying education to make school fun for the kids. Mm. So it's not it doesn't feel like they're in a prison when they're inside a school. It's supposed to be fun. Right. Like, right. So, you know, they were teaching us those things at that institute. And during that institute, I was given a job offer to to teach in Fresno. Mm. So before I graduated, like literally when I was, you know, the summer before I graduated, I, I did that, did the institute, was given a job offer. And right after I graduated, two days later, I flew out to California. Wow. And during that time, I had I had a song on the radio. It's called Rob Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's I produced it, mixed it, recorded it, and mastered it by an artist named Crazy Obilla. Shout out to Crazy Obilla. And this song was the first song I ever got on the radio. Right. And we did this from a closet with bed foam in it in Orangeburg, South Carolina. Right. And it has almost 100,000 views on YouTube right now. Mm-hmm. So to like to go and I was, that was at a, a crossroad in my life, wh- whether or not I was going to go and pursue education right. or and be with my wife, which she was mm-hmm. my girlfriend at the time, mm-hmm. or be in South Carolina and just and pursue music fully. Right. And I chose my wife and I chose education 
because you know music will always be here you know a hit record will always be here yeah my wife and the relationship that i have with her priceless. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. It, it's priceless so that was the best that was the most influential choice i made in my life was to choose to go to california leave my family really mm-hmm. three thousand miles away right left and and started a life with my wife and because i did that i'm now talking to you in my own studio with all my gear. So I, I thank God, man. I really do. I thank God for my wife. I thank God for everybody that's been in my life. I thank God every day. And, and, you know, you know, my, my, my act of service, right. I'm Mm -hmm. a servant leader, my act of service to my clients and to the people that I have come across in my life is only because I know that God is leading my life in a special way. You know what I mean? Indeed. Indeed. This young man right here, man, I'm telling you, man, just hear him talk, man. You can just sit here and listen to him, boy. He's so knowledgeable, man. He's so knowledgeable. This young man is a, an amazing human being, man. And I appreciate you, bro. So let me ask you this. Where where do you think the music industry is suffering the most and, and shining the most? I think um I think the music industry, it, it was it's so as the industry as a whole, it, it was a tough transition. And I was noticing this even as a child. Like, you know, going on LimeWire, right? Mm-hmm. And pirating the music. And right. that was, when I was a kid, man, and we, we can talk about it now because, you know, <laughs> no one's going to jail, but Napster and all that, man, I pirated so much music and I was really? listening to all types of, I mean, music that there was no YouTube during that time. So right. it was just LimeWire. It was just like, so I was listening to like Bangladesh music, music from <laughs> Africa, world music. Right. You know, and it helped me kind of like make my my palette very wide because I can mm-hmm. hear these instruments and I'll know, oh, that's a that's a djembe. Right. Oh, you know, and the djembe versus a conga, you mm-hmm. know, or conga versus a bongo. You know what I mean? And the right. difference between how they sound. Well, I was doing that because I can I know what it sounds like because I pirated the music when I was a kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so seeing the transition right from being pirating and and then yeah. going into streaming. Yeah. That's a very tough transition because, okay. you know, the, the, the music industry, really, all you have to do now is have someone listen to your music for 30 seconds. Right. And now it's a stream. It's a stream. So they reduce right. the value of a song to 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Right. Mind you, there are songs, you know, the Temptations and Earth, Wind and Fire, seven, eight, nine, That's 10 right. minute long songs. Yes, it be. Miles Davis, you know, yes, kind of blue. He's yes, got a 15 minute song. Right. Right, right, right. He just right. locked let that thing rock. <laughs> That's right. 30 seconds of his life yeah. is a one stream. Yeah, it's crazy. So that yeah. to me is the, the 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 grossest, the most absurd failure mm-hmm. right. to, to reduce a person's whole life. Miles Davis had been playing music since he was a child. He went to Juilliard for it. He mm-hmm. he was a clinically and classically trained musician right and you're gonna reduce his life his whole life's work to 30, 30 seconds. seconds right right it you know is. what i mean and then and then and then to pay you quarterly like like my bills come in quarterly my bills are coming <laughs> quarterly my bills right. are monthly. you know what i mean so it's yeah. just that to me is the most absurd injustice in the music industry mm-hmm. i think the music industry now on the, on the on the good side, there is so many tools for us to own our own creativity. Right. So that's why I said, you know, I want to create the next Motown because mm-hmm. I can, and I, we can create it where 
the artist doesn't have to be anything more than what they want to be. I want people to be uncomfortably human. Because mm. the AI can never match up to our humanity. Right, that's right. The AI can't do, and AI is a beat maker where I'm a producer. Right. Okay, got you, got you, got you, got you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I am yeah. I am a, I am a spiritual being within a space that is feeling this music where AI is looking at it in binary code. Mm. There's a limit to that. There's no creativity. Right. So all of the all of the 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 artists that I love, you know, and and even Quincy Jones, I hate to keep bringing him up, but he talks about like it's only 12 notes. Yeah. It's only 12 notes. <laughs> but out of this, there are there are so many combinations. Yes. And and so much variation, you know. Yes. Even when I look outside and I look at the grass, I'm just in awe of 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 God's work. Nature, you know what man. I mean? And, yes, sir. And seeing all the different greens and all the different shades of greens, the, the eye can't perceive the same exact thing more than once. Mm. So there has to be a little bit of off uh, with this blade of grass versus this blade of grass, mm-hmm. just so you you can perceive it. And even in music, it's the same thing. You know, it's called the Haas effect. Mm-hmm. If one side of your ear, but let's say you have a snare drum and the snare, you have two snare drums, and if they hit at the same time, it's only going to make that that one snare drum louder. Mm-hmm. But if you create a delay in between, just a little bit off, or maybe EQ one side a little bit off, you create that depth, mm-hmm. and it's the same depth that you can see out in nature. So, you know, it's just man, it's just it's so powerful, man. And being able to do that in the music industry now mm-hmm. is that we've been waiting for this moment, right? For, for thousands of years, mm. the, the the creativity and you would be in control of your own creativity. Right, right. This young man is is the Neil deGrasse Tyson of music, man. This is. <laughs> I try not to be. No, I, I, saying, I love it. No, I love that's just it. how I see it, bro. Oh, like, no, that's beautiful. I love it, and I'm, I'm glad. It's great. I'm telling you, it's great to have this conversation, man. This is real. This is real deal. So since I've met you, I've been impressed with your drive and attention to details with the business as well as the music. So where does this come from? Um, well, you know, my father, you know, like I said, being born Jewish, mm-hmm. he, he converted to Christianity before I was born. Right. But he had, he had always taught me, you know, business acumen. Mm-hmm. He always taught me how to be, you know, a, a firm and upright human being, because like I said, we're church going people. Right. So I only want to treat people with the same love and respect that I want to be treated. And as a servant leader. Right. And and people don't understand in leadership as being a CEO. You're really a servant. You really are. You're supposed to serve your clients. You're really supposed to serve your employees to a certain degree. Mm hmm. So that's what I'm what I keep in my mind, you know, treating people with love and respect, doing business fairly, treating paying people being on time with your deadlines to the to the greatest that you can be. And if you can't communicate, you know, having having emotional intelligence. Right. And as an educator, that's where I had to shine, you know, because, you know, I I was teaching students that, you know, didn't want to be in music. Mm. They, They put they put band and strings on their on their schedule. So right. I had to find a way to inspire them to want to mm. even do this. Yes. So I want to bring what I did in my classroom and b- getting my band to where it was at 70 plus people mm-hmm. in a 70 plus 12 and 13 year olds, you know, all performing on, right. you know, different stages and, and all that type of stuff. I want to do that in my business. Now I want to internalize that and not have 
a system that's outside of me. Building my legacy now and instead of waiting till I'm 60 and 70 years old to consider my legacy. Right. I got you. Hey, man, love it, love it, love it. So, so you have touched on it many times throughout this conversation. But I want to ask you again, once again, what aspirations do you have for Scream Team Productions? You've been thorough with it, but I, I want you yeah. to say it again because, you know, we're getting toward the end. But I yeah. want you to tell that again. I want to create the next Motown. And I want to partner with artists that love music and love life as much as I do. Right. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, cookie cutter. I don't I don't mind people expressing themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to I want to create a, a, another renaissance and expressionism. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to express yourself freely, whoever you are. I just want people that are unique in their expression. Does every song have to have a verse? Does every song have to have a hook? That's why I like to produce it because I can I can take a one note, take one note. You know, uh, I think it's Glass. Glass has he has he composed a song with just silence. It's like four minutes of silence, mm. and the 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 pianist sits there in front of the piano for four minutes, and the the silence is the music. Right. <laughs> you know, those are twentieth century themes, but. That's just a, it's a cute, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, just a, a, a way to express yourself in a different way. You know what I mean? Unique. Right. That's what I want Scream Team Productions to be. I would like for us to have our own facilities. Mm-hmm. I want to do artist development. I basically want to create an industry within an industry mm-hmm. because I love music. I don't love just rap or R&B or hip hop or metal or rock or yeah. whatever genre. I'm genre blending at this point. Right. I'm putting rock in hip hop. I'm yeah. putting hip hop in in metal. I want to put right. metal inside of, you know, country. How right. how does that sound, right? Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. want artists that are going to be daring enough like yourself yeah. to go on that war path with me. Yeah. You know, let let's let's do something that we've never done before. Let's do a house track, right? And have horns on it again. Yes, and have organic sounds and and lifelike instruments again. You know, the the AI can't compete with us. The AI can't can't play trombone and trumpet. You know, right. AI can't get that feeling that we can get as human beings. So mm-hmm. as 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 Scream Team Productions, I want us to be able to elevate the taste of content all around the world and to create a legacy for for us, not as just creatives, but as African-American creatives to bring in the next renaissance, the next expression renaissance, the renaissance and expression. That's what I want. Well said, man. I love that, man. I love that. It's still right here, man. I, listen, I, 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 you know, I just want people to know that you know we are working on some fantastic things. Um, you have, have uh, you know, allowed myself and my family to create something special, in which we'll really get. You know, we're gonna take some time to really sit and talk about that, man. And I want to record that on some content, man. And you know, we've already yeah, done a sure. few things about that song uh, because it's super special. And uh, you know, we we really thank you for being a part of that. We really do, man. Uh, it's it's been magnificent. And of course, move. Are you ready to dance? You know, that's out right dance? now. You know, yeah, You know, yes sir, yes sir. So you know, just doing our things, man. Because you know, uh, I could be everywhere, but I I thank you for grabbing me and getting me so focused on doing things. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful to be working with Matt Acevedo and, and definitely, you know, yeah, indeed. And just, just, 
you know, what we're doing is special to me, man. So I just want to, I really want to thank you for that. And I thank you for being here. So the last question I have for you is what was the last song you listened to? Oh, man. The last song I listened to was Nature. By my Just group. Nature. Like oh, outside. just Nature. Oh, outside. Ah! Yes, indeed. Like, I just drive sometimes, man. And I just drive and I just listen, mm. like, to the sound, like, nature, like, the sound of the world. Yeah. And, like, as I'm passing by, I can hear, like, the, I can hear how far the birds are. Right. From, like, the, the reflective surfaces. <laughs> I can hear, like, the, the crickets chirping. Right. right. And I can hear their distance between how far they are from me to here. So, like I can EQ it mm-hmm. and create that type of space, you know. Bruce Wadeen talks about that, like a sonic experience, yes. you know, and and using like distance as a as an EQ. Mm-hmm. Something that's farther away sounds darker. Something that's mm-hmm. closer sounds brighter. So like when I'm driving, I'm I'm looking at I'm un- trying to understand depth. You know what I mean by listening to the to the planet, if that makes sense. Man, that's listen. That's see. That's what that's what makes you that guy. Because, you know, I ask everybody, I, that's my question. I ask everybody that question. That's the last question I ask everybody. And you say in nature, man, this dude right here, ladies and gentlemen, this dude right here. He, listen, that man slipped the punch like Mike Tyson and came back and hit me. Woo! So hard. Now, that, listen, that was that was beautiful. Because, you know, here I am trying to make it like human nature. Michael Jackson used like, nah, man, nature. Like outside, man. I'm outside. Man. So yeah. Like, yo, yeah. That was beautiful. But you took me somewhere. You truly took me somewhere because, yes, indeed. Even when my wife and I were were sitting out, you know, behind our house on the deck, and just, you know, it was the evening yes. time, and, and mosquitoes biting, the, you know, the nothing out of me, and uh, you know, I'm just like, man, I got to get in the house. But then hearing the cicadas and all those things making all that noise, the cr- but it is way beautiful and it's music and it's sounds and it's sonics and it's all of that stuff that is amazing and nature and godly, man. It's just a beautiful thing, man. So right. I, I really, I really, when you said it, it hit me so hard, man. I, I really got it. I really got it. man. When you're aware of it, when you're aware of it, you can appreciate it more. So that's really just it. You know, awareness. Mm-hmm. We, we experience all these sounds so often. But right. we're not really aware of it. Mm-hmm. And once you turn your awareness on, it's hard to really turn it off. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Just be aware. Well, look, my brother, man, I appreciate it. So if you wouldn't mind, give my listeners and followers your social media if you if you want to and any yeah. contact information if people need your services because they can use your service. Yeah, yes, my Instagram is screamteam.productions. My uh, Instagram, I'll say it again. My Instagram is screamteam.productions. My uh, website is www.screamteam.productions. And you can reach me there. You can reach me via email, screamteamproductions at gmail.com. S C R E A M T E A M productions at gmail.com. You can feel free to email me. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram. If you want to talk gear, any of the you know, mixing engineers or mastering engineers. I love to talk gear. If you want to talk understanding in life, you know, I, if you're an artist, you want to talk, just reach out to me. You know, if I can, I will, you know, I'll, I'll always will. So never feel, you know, afraid to reach out to me at all. You know what I mean? 
Ladies and gentlemen, I don't care what genre you listen to. I don't care what kind of music you do. If you need services, this young man is definitely that guy, and he's on point with everything he does musically. And I'm not just saying that because I'm I'm working with him, uh, just just getting to know him and and knowing that he is one of the the great human beings of the world. And I, I don't Thank say you. that lightly. Uh, my boy Relentless, my guy Relentless, and 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 my brother Hell Beat. They always said they brought that to me. You know, we just need more great human beings in this world. And um, you are one of those young men, and so I am thankful and grateful for your time and your effort and everything that you have brought to my life. So as you spoke, so uh, you know about me earlier. You know, I say the same things about you, man. You are are, are definitely a joy, a breath of fresh air to a, a, a older dude. You know, who still <laughs> loves this music and and is uh, inspired by your thinking and and uh, you know your outlook uh, on life and music. So I appreciate you, my brother. And uh, you know, this format is anytime. You know, we gotta have you. You know, we, there's so much more stuff we gotta talk yeah. about. Yeah. But uh, so you will. He will be back, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. For more of the, uh, we won't say this to Neil deGrasse. Yeah, the Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> Of music. Cause see, I already got the session up for move, just in case. You know what I mean? I got the session up already. Like I could play it right now. Like it's, it's yo, great. man. It's, so, it's, listen, it's, it's, in fact, go ahead and yeah. play it, man. Go ahead and play it, man. That's how we gonna. That's how we gonna. That's how we gonna leave, man. Yeah. I told you I had it up. <laughs> beautiful studio, beautiful setup, man. You, you, well, you're handling your business. You know, we got to come crazy. back and... Nah, yeah. It's all love. It's all love. Yeah, man. Oh, we got yeah. to come back and, um, you know, talk about your setup and the things that you're doing, man. So it, it, it's beautiful, man, and uh, you're doing your thing. And, uh, hey, listen, you, 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 we, we need to bring all the business that we can to you, man. You know, I appreciate so, it, so, man. So you can't handle it. That's what's up, man. So once I, again... I appreciate yeah. it, man. Thank you again. Uh, the next time we we meet up, I want to try to find a way to share my screen so I can like show like like the different parts of move, and we can break it down together. Of course, of course. Yeah. yeah listen, we we come back and talk about about move and how we. Man, listen, the sky's the limit, man. There's yes, sir. Do, man. <laughs> All right, man. So once again, I appreciate you, my brother. All right, man. Yo, Thank you so again, man. Yeah, indeed, 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 live, indeed. It's live and loud with the Lord. Yeah. Nelson, that is. PMS <laughs> Network. Yes, indeed. Let's so. Green yes, Madden, baby. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, once again, you know who it is. It is the big guy with the big show. Yours truly, the Lord. Always got to pause. Nelson, that Nelson. is. <laughs> <laughs> From the podcast Live and Live with the Lord on the CMS Network with Five Reels Entertainment with the amazing, amazing, one more time, amazing schizo, Mr. Mitchell Draft from Screen Team Productions. Yeah. Thank you, bro. <laughs> My brother, man. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you, man. It's a day. All right, Peace. man. Be good. It's a day. Thank you. Thank it's you again, day. man. Yeah, Peace. You're welcome. Are you ready to dance? 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 Then move. Then move. Then move. Then move. Then move. 
Wilson, that is. <laughs>